The one story that can supercharge your traffic, increase your conversions, is your customer story. I'm going to send you nine systems for finding and collecting those stories no matter where they happen. Just text GMS9 to 321-392-6692 or click the link in the show notes to get those today. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another episode of the Garlic Marketing Show. And my first, one of first victims of the rebrand. Uh, He's been on before. Good friend. Good online friend, at least. We've never met in real life. He, he's a golfer. He's a beer drinker. And on the side, he uh, runs an agency, Bad Rhino. Marty McDonald, thanks for being on the show. That's the truth. You know, <laughs> I play golf and drink beer, and on the side, I run a marketing agency. That's 100% correct. It's the best intro I've ever had. It's the most honest intro I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I've got to like since you've been on. You know, we become Facebook friends. I'm like, oh yeah, he really is into beer and and, and uh, golf, which are two awesome things to be into. Keep, keep the blood pressure down, right? Yeah, you just got to keep it balanced. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marty, uh, we, we've had you on before. You run Bad Rhino, um, and uh, let's just do a quick overview again of, of what Bad Rhino does for, for whom. Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on again. This is going to be fun. I already know that. Um, Bad Rhino is a social media marketing agency. We're based just outside of Philadelphia in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And uh, we focus on social media marketing. And we've always had that focus in the five years we've been in business. We've morphed over the past five years into being able to provide more things such as video, web design, SEO, Google AdWords through partners, but we focus on social media and that's helped us stand out with our clients and our future clients and people that are looking for help in this area because it's constantly changing. It's something that you need to get your arms wrapped around and you can't just dabble into. It's been great for us. We work with a variety of clients um, in the golf industry, in the beer industry, because that's what I like to do, <laughs> but also um, across the board in technology, mobile apps, um, as well as like recruiting and staffing. We also do a lot of what I would call small business, so restaurants locally and local marketing, um, not just limited to restaurants, but dentists and doctors. We've done a variety of things in the past five years and very... Um, very appreciative of all our clients and all the fun we've been having, and we're looking forward to growing even faster. Awesome, awesome, and I, I like that. You know, there's so many people have done social media marketing, but you guys really have got it down to a science. Uh, you have to, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, social, and everyone think I see so many people pop into social media, and they're like, "Oh, I'm social." Yeah, <laughs> I've got a thousand friends on Facebook. I can do this, and um, what you know. So let's talk a little bit about it. Um, what Tell me a little bit about one of the stories of your biggest success with social media. Oh, man, there's a lot. That's a great, a great first question. So it's all how you define it. Um, 
I could sit here and be like, okay, so we put out this post and organically it reached blah, blah, blah. It got so many likes. It got this, it got that. <clears throat> and we can talk about that until, you know, forever. We have tons of success like that. You know, oh, look, this really worked organically. Then we put a strategy behind it that puts a couple of ad dollars and then it makes it even go even better. Those things are very, you know, that's that's all the tactical stuff. That's kind of boring. What you want to talk about is how you can help your customers, right? Because ultimately, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, whatever the channel is, that's all just the vehicle that you're getting there. Ultimately, what you want to be able to say and be able to stand behind is getting a result, right? Exactly. So let's talk about that. We have, when we start with a client, everybody needs to understand what they need to get out of it, right? And you might be sitting there listening to this podcast and go, well, I just want to get sales. That's great. <laughs> I do too. Everybody does. That's why you're in business. I get it. But if you start off on social media just by going, hey, I want to get sales, you're going to be sorely disappointed. You should go to Google AdWords. You should start really working with more of a direct response marketing uh, piece where you can just go dollar for dollar coming back. What the social part is and why it's called social is you have to be that social, right? So once you understand what you need, for many of our clients, it's just brand recognition. For some, it's building a community that they can then sell to. For some, it's getting the word out about a new service. You know, it depends on the timing of when we're working with them as well. We might start off doing one of those things and then slowly morph that into, okay, we need to build an email list okay, we're going to do a coupon or we're going to do a special. And that's where some of the sales pieces come in. So once you understand what you need to get out of it or what you want to get out of it, devise that strategy and then you can start measuring the result. So now that I teed it all up, what's one of the best ones? The best one is uh, just recently. um, It's one of the top ones that not only because it's recently, but it just came out of nowhere. But it was, you can't say it was 100% targeted, but it worked that way. So we work with a, a small print company and they do, they don't just do like business cards. They do like the giant um, print materials for large conferences. Mm-hmm. So you might have something where you walk in and you receive, you know, first off you receive an invitation in the mail, they print those. Then when you get there, the whole setup is usually printed out and they have massive things. They might have palm trees. They might have crazy stuff like that. That's all branded to the conference and or company. And, she was came to us and she was like, look, I'm not looking for sales via social. I need to have a presence because people are coming up to these conference and they're like, oh, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Are you? And they're taking pictures and they, can't, they don't know who to tag. I don't have any of that set up. It's a very traditional business. It's a family-owned business for about 50 years. And uh, I said, sure. I said, well, let's talk about it. We put everything in place about what she wanted and it was really brand awareness. So about three weeks in, um, we started getting some really good traction, which was pretty early on, but they have a great reputation. So we knew their current community was going to embrace it. So they started getting some traction. And the beauty of it was I never promised results. You know, you, you can't really do that. You know, you can show them metrics and promise them metrics, but I never promise a guaranteed result. And her goal was to get branding and some additional website traffic. And that was pretty much it for at least the first six months. And we would change gears later on. And uh, five weeks in, she gets a, we see a message pop up. One of our team members sees it, forwards it over to her. And I get a phone call about mm, 
three hours later, we are in base camp and some other things. So I have a pulse on, or I have a finger on the pulse of most of our clients. And I saw, oh, so there's a direct message about an opportunity. And that's one that I'm always going to check out because I want to make sure it's followed up with no matter what. And we're a bigger company, but we're also small enough that I can do that every once in a while. And I get a call from Tracy, the owner, and she's like, well, she's like that social thing. She's like, this is a potential $60,000 contract. She's like, I'm pretty happy about that. And I was like, (laughs) whoa, 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 wait. And she goes, they saw all the stuff on social and they were trying to figure out who did it um, at this conference and they didn't know it was us. And they saw the social stuff because we targeted towards um, people that attended their conferences um, and were in those uh, communities. So like I said, it wasn't 100% targeted to get a sale, but it was targeted to the right people just being social. And we were posting pictures from all these events. And the person who saw it was like, oh my gosh, I was at that event. I didn't know who did this work. Now I know who did it. Followed up and started the sales cycle. So that one to me is what social is all about um, to a certain degree. Um, At least for that client, she wanted branding. She started with the branding. We did it highly targeted branding, which you can do on social, and boom, she has a sales opportunity. You know, and I, I, one of the big things I try and tell people is that we buy from our friends, mm-hmm. and when you're 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 you weren't targeting sales, so that person that watched it was like, oh, I like these people, I like their work, and kind of probably went through a little bit of their social media and felt like they knew them before and before that someone tried to sell them. Yeah, 100% correct. Yeah, and that's one thing, you know, it does hurt to ask. It does hurt to push the sales all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and um, I, I loved, you know, the fact that you had a client that just wanted branding and traffic <laughs> from social for six months. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the first goal. She's like, I, I have a ton of work. Um, There's a small business, too, you know, and that's one of the things that and we probably talked about that before was saying, you know, you have to understand where where people are in their business. And a lot of times they want to do everything. They want to do all the things mm-hmm. <laughs> on social. And then it just gets diluted and it looks like slop. Um, but when you come at it with a distinct goal, um, you really start to see results. And the first goal should always be, all right, let's establish you online first. Let's get you there. You know, let's make sure that everything looks good. Let's make sure that the message is there. Let's make sure your work is represented. So people do see it and they do start asking questions and they start to the process there. So they get to know you. I love that. You know, and it reminds me too of when I was a trader and you know, I traded for a, some pretty big volume and, and lots of stocks and stuff. But then, I, you know, I, it, when things got tough, I'd always stop trading. And that, that was one of the first rules. And I think it's one of the first rules of marketing, too. Don't go into something like this hungry, right? Yeah. Oh. Because, because if you're hungry, you're going to destroy your social presence. 100% correct. <clears throat> this The segue right out of there is, as a business owner, you have ebbs and flows, right? Um, sometimes they're hourly, sometimes they're by the minute. Um, but some, most of the time you can kind of read into your business and um, knock on wood, we've been very lucky in client retention. However, you know, things change within clients. Some of our larger ones, they'll, they'll wind up uh, bringing on a team member to handle social and you wind up, you know, winding down with that client and, you know, there's a piece of your revenue that's gone. And if you don't, 
you know, focus in on the right things. You're like, oh, I got to replace this or where we are in the pipeline. And you go in there from a state of lack, you start to create more lack and then you're like frantic about it. But if you go in there and say, okay, you know, this is all part of the process and you treat it a little bit more as naturally as part of the growth process. You're going to take some things in to get bigger things. You're going to lose some things to then potentially get bigger things as well and create that process in your mind. You know, it's going to work. But if you focus in there and be like, oh my gosh, I need to put my last thousand dollars on social media because this is going to be my last gasp. Um, you know, it never works. I have people, unfortunately, that call us all the time and we have to weed them out, but we also have to talk them off a ledge sometimes because they see the internet as the golden goose and you have to approach it the right way. It's no different than anything else. Nope. Yep. Yep. And exactly. That's it's, I get those people too, where they think it's going to be this big, big, awesome windfall right away and it happens once in a while and you have to tell them eventually it can happen but you got to hold out and and the fact is is that there's so much competition out there yeah you got to hold out so i I wanted to ask you now you know along those lines we there's a story of success can you tell me one of your marketing failures whether it's (laughs) yours or with the client because we all have them Sure. <clears throat> so marketing failures, I mean, we do all have them. And that's one of the things that has separated us uh, from a lot of other agencies in our monthly reports and analytic reports. You know, we report all our failures. Uh, we report all the good stuff. We report all the bad stuff. We report all the in-between stuff. And it's hard, but it's important to then stand in front of a client and go, well, 95% of the stuff worked which is what you want to be. It's like, okay, we did pretty good, but man, these five things or these 10 things or whatever we tried to do, they really failed. And showing them why and understanding why. And sometimes it's a client idea that fails. They're like, this is what we think we want to do. And you have that conversation with, well, we don't agree, but you know, you're the client. Let's make a case for it and we can test it. And the nice part about social media is you can do small tests and they're very cost-effective tests. You know, It's not like you can get out and back in the day and do a you know a giant print ad and be like, we're going to test this. No, you're going to go all in. You're going to test it and spend a lot of money in testing it. And then by the time you get it done to the point that it you know feels good and is tested, um, then you run with it. But in social, you can do that almost on a daily basis. So some of the failures, um, and I'm just going to group these together because it's easier to talk that way, are the content pieces that you think are going to be just awesome. You know? <laughs> Like dial of inbound. <laughs> there you go. Right. Right. <laughs> you think like we did it for, um, I'd be careful here how I phrase this one because this one's an NDA. But okay. So we did it for, um, we'll start off with this one better. One of the plastic surgeon clients we had. And we just had this idea and sitting in the office and came out and said, all right, since you have all these issues, you know, with nudity or people get offended very easily with certain pictures. You're like, how do you frame this? And we came up with this great idea and I won't go too far in the details and keep the conversation going here, but it was a perfect picture of a before and after. And you have to craft these things on Facebook, do the terms of service, you know, perfectly. Right. So came up with like a catchy line. It was a little bit, I wouldn't say risque, but it just put the right words in there. And we had a whole thing done. We had a series of 12 
great pictures um, that really illustrated the process. It was a cold sculpting. Um, so it's like not plastic surgery, but they basically freeze your fat and it kind of burns off, you know, awesome. I don't know the exact process. Yeah. It's like, it sells like crazy. Um, so we're thinking, you know what, this is going to be good. People are going to share it. People are going to share their experience. And because we were framing it, not as a, uh, medical service, you're framing it as just, you know, you kind of going in for a haircut type of deal. Right. Yeah, I saw that. And, I saw an ad for that stuff last night and I was like, what is that? Now, now yeah. I know I was about to now go. You know, it right? <laughs> <laughs> so we had everything lined up and we had the whole series presented it to the client. The client was like, this is what we've been looking for. This is a, you guys are great. This is the type of agency, you know, you guys are thinking the right way. And we said, look, you know, we wish we could take exactly what you have here and put it on social media channels. But the fact of the matter is if we're going to run ads or we're going to have it on here, the terms of service, they don't like before and after. They also don't like anything that's somewhat risque. So we have to be careful with the picture selection. We spent a lot of time on the picture selection, had everything there, had it branded to the doctor. Everything looked pretty perfect. Everything, get everything rolling and pushed it out. Even had ad budget. And when I say, and it's it's so bad because you always look for the first thing is just a couple likes. You're like, okay, get a couple likes, get a little bit of engagement, maybe a share or two. That's all you're looking for. None of it, like, and I mean none of it got anything. I think out of the 12 pictures and then everything on the sequence, we got like a handful of likes and like one share off of it. And nothing worked. Even when you put um, dollars behind it, nothing. So there was a lot of other factors that went into that. But the worst part about it was then you go into a client after the fact and you just like, it bombed, right? And everyone starts asking questions, right, at that point. Because they fell in love with the idea. We were in love with the idea. It didn't work, right? So that's one that stands out because... I have other horror stories that I can share, but this one stands out and here's why is a great lesson in it is that when you fall in love with that marketing, right. And you don't really think all the way through, you fall in love with the idea and the concept and you're like, man, this is going to work, you know? And you're like, everyone's just like looking, but what do we miss there? Right. You do the postmortem. What did you miss? And it was like, do people want to see that? Do people, were people interested in that from a standpoint of, oh, yeah, this is what I want? Or did you have to educate them a little bit more? Did you have to look at the overall process? Did we give them what they wanted? So you fast forward just a little bit further because you have that embarrassment and the egg on your face. And we started doing some pieces that were um, written towards a landing page where you could get more information that were very, very um, technical. Now, plastic surgeons, if you've ever worked with them, they love to showcase their work, right? Mm-hmm. And why not? It's like they're kind of like artists in a way. They they feel that way anyway when you talk to them. And some of them are very, um, you know, they're not shy about it. Don't put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they want that, right? So in presenting them with a marketing plan, we get we fed their ego rather than saying, as we tested the market, doctor, and this is what you need. And this is what you're going to get. And this is what we're going to test with. And this is how we're going to work it. Instead of going, this is the idea and this is the concept. And we got excited about it. And rightfully so. And I think there was a place for it. It just was in the wrong spot. And we put up a 
very boring landing page with a very simple 15 second video with a couple of bullet points and they wound up getting like you know 25 leads and like 10 of them signed on for their premier package um so ultimately it was a success but that failure stung so bad because you fell in love with the idea but you fed the ego of the client rather than giving them what they wanted and that's why it was a failure it had nothing to do that the pictures were weren't on point or the video wasn't great or the content was wrong or the ad strategy was wrong. It had everything to do with you fed the wrong monster. So that's why it was a bigger failure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I such important point, not falling in love with your marketing mm-hmm. because it, we, it, people come to me all the time with great ideas. I'm like, it could work. <laughs> yeah. It, it could. It, it, I mean, it, it, anything can work and it, it's just, you never know what's going to resonate. I mean, sometimes you you got a good feeling, but like SEO is another thing too. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't know what keywords actually sell, yeah, until they start selling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an important point for people listening to this, because you know, you and I are both in the agency space, but we get so, every client comes to us falling in love with an idea, but yeah. except for you know, the the clients that are the most successful don't fall in love with an idea. They're just like, hey, go get make something work. I just signed on um, a dentist uh, last week and um, you know, it's a great practice, uh, approaches it a little bit differently and um, very exciting to do. And to your point, he, he's, and he's an older gentleman. Uh, he's getting ready for the final phase of his practice, as he calls it, which is turning it over to younger dentists. But he also has a unique teaching style. But that's beside the point. It, what he said to me was, pretty pretty awesome um, to that point that you just said and he just said look I'm coming to you because I want to work with somebody that's local that I can sit down and give ideas to and he goes however I need you to tell me if the ideas suck (laughs) (laughs) and I go he's like I go okay and he and he goes the reason I tell you that is he's like there's he's like over the years he's been in practice uh, longer than I've been or just about as long as I've been alive. So I think it's about 42 years, give or take. And um, he goes, the reason I tell you that is like every marketer that comes through here gives me great ideas and I love them and we love them. He's like, but they don't give me execution or call me out on the crap that I give them, you know, and say, this is what I think will work. And they just go, that's great, doctor. We'll put that into play and let's see how it goes. He's like, I want you to tell me if it's going to work or not in your opinion. He's like, I know you can't guarantee it. And I was sitting there, I'm like, I just was like, all right, what price point do you want? Because I just want to work with you because I know, because <laughs> I know that would be where I'm like thinking case study. I'm like, he's looking at the longer term. Like, he's like, I want you to be involved from like the exit point, you know? And like, I was just like, yeah, I, you know, it's just fed my ego, you know? I was like, yeah, I want it. This is going to be great because I can get a team in here. We can start working right away. If you're cool with it <clears throat> from this standpoint, you know, we're going to be able to do a lot of things because you get it, you know, and that's just years of experience right there into a successful practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a, that, the faster people can learn that the, when it comes to marketing, the better off they are. There's lots of great ideas out there, but you need someone to tell you no. And yeah. Yeah. I was talking to, um, we just did a pre- another presentation on Wednesday on a larger company. And, um, you know, it was funny because, we were starting talking about, he asked me the question, that was it. He asked me, the one guy who's the director of operations asked me a question. He goes, 
um, you know, in your 16 years of working in marketing, you know, either as a hobby or as a full-time thing, he's like, what differentiates social through traditional advertising? And I was like, that's a great question. And I said, I don't want to just turn around and say it to you um, and just throw this question back at you. I go, but what's working for you currently in advertising? (laughs) And the reason is, is that question, if he said to me, the way, well, he did tell me a couple of things, but the the way he phrased it back was, he's like, you know, we do radio advertisement and we do this and we do that and print and some direct mail. I said, well, what works best for you? And he's like, well, and it kind of gave me a convoluted answer there. And I said, here's the difference between why I like social media and the internet. I said, I can get measurements on it almost instantaneously. I said, you don't want to look at it day to day. Oh, that's not true. You do want to look at it day to day, but you want to look at it in 30, 60 day increments so you can see what's working and what's not. But, you know, it's important to understand what's working currently. And if that's working, then why change? You know, like you don't need certain things just because you think you need them. Direct mail, if it's working for you, then let's scale it up. You know, (laughs) you know, it's like, why take dollars and move them somewhere else if you know those dollars can translate to X if you have the data. But what I find is even at the larger companies that have all the tools and bells and whistles, they don't look at the data. They never look at the data. And it's like, how did that last postcard campaign do? I don't know. That's great. I mean, yeah, <laughs> really? You're like, ah. Oh. And that's the type of stuff that when you look at it overall, and in those conversations is you have to be able to have that and say, well, where do you want social media to fit in? You can't just say you need it because it has to tie into all your other marketing pieces. And that's how I've always approached it. Um, Your email marketing has to be in sync with your social. And if you can get those two, that's a big part of that wheel. But then what are you, what else are you doing? Well, we only do internet marketing. Okay. But you can't just be on social. Do you have an SEO plan? Do you have a, a more robust content plan that maybe you're putting on, you know, an outbrain or are you doing video? You know, what else are you doing that you can then tie some of this back, but then put it on some of the other places? So anyway, getting off the beaten path there, but I think it's important to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Augmenting what's working, right? Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Um, So speaking of video, since you just mentioned it, you guys said you're you're now doing video. How are you guys using video and what, and what's really working for you right now? You know, <laughs> this is an awesome question and the timing can't even be any better um, because the video part, so video started becoming hot. It's always been hot in my opinion, um, probably because I look at it and I'm like, this is the great way to convey a message. But in the past six months, especially we've had clients come out, come at us and go, we need a social media plan that revolves around video. And like, that's it. Like, before it would be like, well, we need to do this, 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 and this. And now we have people coming to us for help specifically for video. So it's been not challenging, but it's challenged us to look at everything. And we try and stay ahead the best we can. And I knew video was going to be big. Um, It's just, it's crazy to see the shift. Like I couldn't, it was almost like smacking somebody over the head five years ago at times trying to go, okay, we (laughs) just have to do some of these updates, right? And now I have clients, potential clients coming to us and going, we want video. And like straight out of the gate, like you guys don't even have a presence and you want video, right? 
Oh, I know. It's weird. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Well, yeah, because I trust me, I've been doing it for eight years. Yeah. And I it was we sold websites and like really to sell the video. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like, like you said, about about it, I felt about eight months ago, everyone's like video. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing uh, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So then now what we've seen and it was about eight months ago where we knew and it's it's it was right smack in our business plan for 2016. Um, and it was actually, um, we have, uh, obviously quarterly meeting, we have weekly meetings and monthly meetings, but we have a big quarterly one and it was set up for, um, for, for July to be like, okay, what's the second half of the year? Let's map everything else out. And at the beginning of the year, we always put big, um, big topics that we think are going to be relevant at the time, kind of looking into the future. And it's right there is video. It's like a big asterisk next to it, but it's accelerated really fast. And I think it's because of the blabs and I think it's because of the Facebook live, um, that type of stuff. And the last three proposals, RFPs, whatever you want to call them for larger clients revolved, Almost, I would say 80% of it was around video. <laughs> and they were like, we need, they're thinking in terms of content. And it's really weird to hear, hear that. And they're thinking, well, we need probably like three to five videos a month. And I'm like, you know, social videos, you know, like 30 second videos and stuff. And then they're thinking on terms of how they can create commercials. And Watching that and seeing that is awesome. And how we're leveraging it the best is making sure that you don't get lost in the shuffle. And most small businesses, and I'll take it down to small businesses, they don't know what they hold in their hand probably about six or seven hours a day. It has so much power in it, and I mean their phone, that if they turned it around and started shooting some video with it while they were doing whatever and just had an editor take a look at it and clean it up a little bit, they would be producing content at a rapid pace. And I think some people are scared of that, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And others are looking at it and they know they need to do it. And they're looking at people like ourselves to be like, okay, yeah, it's time. And like you said, it was like, well, kind of knew this and now you're ready. Right. And I see it changing faster than anything else in social, which is saying a lot. Um, I watched somebody do a, a brilliant thing and I didn't even know you could do it uh, the other day on Facebook Live and he was broadcasting a show that he created about a year ago and he was playing it through something and essentially he had a a live TV show on Facebook Live and I'm like, this is awesome. So it's not just some guy sitting there with a laptop open talking to you. He's broadcasting one of his shows and then he's pausing it and then giving commentary but the show was crystal clear, you know, HD, because he was using um, a tool, and I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I'm like, this is this is it. Like, I'm like, I'm seeing it right here. And I always said that Facebook and even Mark Zuckerberg, early on, he always talked about replacing TV. And I'm like, this is it. And then you watch all this stuff just on politics and you know, crazy thing that goes on in the world, and Periscope you know, has been there on like every step of the way since that launched. Um, you know, uh, the stuff that was going on in Baltimore last year, um, you could log in and see like live, like on a street corner because you could geo-target. You could be like, I need to go to 17th and whatever. And you could see the periscopes popping up. 
So video part within people's minds is first and foremost, and the clients are starting to see it and the customers are starting to see it, how they need to incorporate in social. And we've been catching up a little bit, but we've been moving them towards how can you advertise your business the best, utilizing the channels that are available and making sure that you keep consistent with your message. And we partnered with a handful of people that can help us produce uh, faster videos, what I'm calling social videos, those 15, 30-second minute-long videos, you know, the recipe ones and, and other things that you see every day on your timeline, but also making them with a twist and making them highest quality as possible for, you know, on a budget. And mm-hmm. the more things that you can work and the more video comes up, I think that's just going to be the biggest challenge, but more and more tools seem to be popping up on a day-to-day basis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's left and right, left and right. And, and you know, trying to be an expert in all that stuff it's tough i can't imagine for someone that is just walking into it going what should yeah. i do uh, uh, it's confusing <laughs> it is it is and I, I think that tactic that you said like of people just getting on there and <clears throat> and giving people what they like you said before giving people what they want and yep. that that's a big thing on video too if someone doesn't know who you are you got to give them what they want not what the, you think they need not something that you think is entertaining what do they want? How do they want to be entertained? Right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, so, are you guys using video in your business right now in Bad Rhino? Uh, uh, cobbler's children, man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the funniest part about all that is that we were slowly but surely revamping everything. And I actually have a team of people, and I lucked out this year. Um, we, we always bring in interns and, Mm um, when we bring them in, um, you know, we, we look for, we look for, um, students that we can give an experience to. It's not about getting the work done. That's very important to me. Um, I would have never got anywhere because I was a lousy student without my internships, but actually I was lucky enough and worked hard enough to get internships that they gave me real responsibilities. So I was able to build on that in a hurry and it helped when I started interviewing for my first jobs out of college because I'd probably be, I don't even know, I'd I'd be a bartender somewhere. I I don't know what I'd be doing (laughs) Um, because just trying to get a job out of college in some sort of professional environment, um, I was a bad student. So we look at the interns and we lucked out um, this year, and I got two that are like awesome editors. I'll post the video to my Facebook page later today. You can see the one kid that we're working with, and they're awesome. Like they're so far advanced with video because they've been doing it, you know. For they've had a phone with a something that could produce video for the past five six years almost. And it's been in their pocket and they've been playing around with it and with their friends and doing stuff and editing things. And uh, these two just happened to pop in and it just started working that way. And next thing you know, I'm like, all right, well, you guys are way far advanced. I'm like, do you guys want to work on a pretty big project? And I said, I'll bring in, you know, you guys will learn from some of the editors that we work with and some of the video guys, but you guys are, are good enough to do this because I don't want it to be super slick you know our content video like i know some of it has to be and i want it to be very professional but also part of it i want it to be very very real and shot with an iphone and edited with an iphone so i can say oh by the way this is shot and edited by with an iphone so don't think that we have a whole production studio so there these two interns are starting to shoot the behind the scenes for us 
<clears throat> and we're developing a whole thing, and we're actually doing it. I'm going out to California in a week, and I have a great location that I'm going to do some videos. They're going to edit them, and then we're going to take that and create how it is to work with an agency and work with Bad Rhino, show them a little bit behind the scenes, introduce our team, introduce myself, and I'm going to be the face of it for good, bad, or indifferent. You get to see my face talking on a video and um, you know, working from there, but you know, we've been lax on that. And we need to push that out and we need to make that a priority. Yes. So awesome. it's Good huge. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> working with these kids, they, it's, so I shouldn't call them kids, but <clears throat> um, they, I know, <laughs> I know. But when they came in and they're showing me their portfolio, I was blown away. I'm like, they're coming after you guys, man. You better look out. Like they can edit these things on the fly. They have like, they know all the rules. Like, they're doing little side projects too for small businesses, not through us, but they got them on their own. And it's so funny because they're telling the, their clients and they're doing small videos, but the clients want like, you know, Hey, let's use this song. And they don't even understand the copywriting. And these kids are telling them like, no, 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 you can't just put that on there because if you do that, then YouTube will take it down and then it's copyrighted. You can't just steal music. And everyone's like looking at them like, well, what do you mean? We could, it's just on the internet, you know? And they're like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. And I'm sitting there laughing because they're telling me these stories. I'm like, man, you guys are really, you know, doing well because they have four or five years experience already doing it for themselves and just doing crazy videos. So it was pretty cool and we need to do it. And I encourage everybody to incorporate some sort of video, whether it's just something simple on your website or something that you have on your Facebook page that introduces your company, even if it's just you um, have it professionally shot, a quick 30-second walkthrough through your office, um, if you're like an insurance agency, and just have everybody waving, like just put a little human element to it. Yep. It really is a great conversion tactic because people know that you're people. Yes. And that's a huge part of this because people get lost on the internet and all you have to do is look at complaints like a company like, you know, your cable company, whether it's Comcast or another one. Everybody likes to complain about that, right? Yep. And if you see that, they think they're just talking to a nameless person on the other end of the line. And maybe they are. <laughs> Who knows? But at the same time, your small local business is what separates you from the big, the big companies and even mid-sized companies. You can leverage video today at a production value that's almost TV quality for not necessarily a fraction of the cost, but you can get right there with the big guys. Oh yeah, well, and, and that's your big advantage as a small business is you. That's the yep. one thing no one ever is going to be able to take away, and like you, like no one, else, no matter if there's eight hundred social media marketing agencies that move into your town, none of them's going to have Marty McDonald, right? Yep. And people buy from people. Like we said at the beginning of the show, you know, we buy from our friends. And I always tell people that. I'm like, tell your story. Even if you just get on there, you know, they, they understand you do social media. They understand that. They want to know the person that's doing it and who they're going to work with. Um, I think that's great. I'm, I'm so glad you guys are doing it. And the process video is fantastic too because it really – helps clarify it because most of us forget that people don't understand our process. Now, social media is, it's more in depth. It's newer, but even if you're a dentist, a lot of mm -hmm. people forget that, you know, you forget that we don't understand any of the process of anything that's going on. Very true. Very true. And it's even the small things <clears throat> like you don't even think of like sometimes like even just rambling on there about what we're doing. Um, 
you know, you take a look at it and you go, well, just take the dentist example. Well, what's it like if you have to go to a new dentist in a town, right? I had to do that when I first moved here. And I was like, oh man. And, you know, no one likes to go into any of those things, you know, and if they, even if they do enjoy some of those things, <laughs> they, they do have a pang of anxiety, you know, and how do you eliminate that? And it's just like, well, here's our office. Here's where you come in. This is our, you know, lovely uh, administrative assistant. And over here is Joe and he's your dental hygienist. And you have all these things in here and it's just a quick introduction. And it could be the difference of that person coming in and, and going to your office versus just going in somewhere else because, hey, they're like, at least I know these people a little bit. And they don't even know them, but in their head, they're like, oh, Joe seems like a nice guy. I'll let him dive into my mouth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? It sounds silly, but it's true. It is true. It is true. And it, and it, you know, and we forget that marketing doesn't stop when you get, you get that sale. Right, it doesn't stop when someone comes into your office for the first time. That that whole experience is marketing. When they leave, it's marketing. It it, it is. It's just how are you going to portray your value? And a, people will forgive their friends for a lot of stuff that they no, want to forget yeah. someone they don't know. As a business owner and in marketing, I think the biggest lesson I've learned in the five years is more marketing happens after the sale. And I don't mean by you know I got to continually resell them on the idea, but you have to continually keep that relationship going. And the relationship marketing piece of it is sending out that extra email, giving them a call. You know, our friend Tony, you know, I love when I get my calls from him. I'm like, man, I'm like, this is nice. He's just saying hi. I'm like, we're not even a client. I just was on his podcast. I was like, that's nice, you know? It is a nice little thing, yeah. You know, I'm like, this is, that's cool. It's just being a person. And people... That cuts through everything. We've talked about, you know, just social media marketing, all the noise on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of them, right? It doesn't even matter if you can cut right through that. And I'll sit there and make those calls. I send out thank you cards all the time. And it's just like, oh, wow, that's nice. I got a card, you know, and if it gets me a sale, then that's great. But if it doesn't, it's just being a person. And I think that's the most important thing. Yes. It is so true. Um, well, we're running out of time. Marty, we were going to talk about some of the stuff going on in the world, but we didn't get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think we t- we highlighted some really big stuff. You know, the, one other thing, since we're, we are talking about it, how do you see marketing? How, how have you seen mar- good marketing change the world for the better? Because I see bad marketing. You know, we can talk mm-hmm. a lot about the marketing that's changed the world for the worse. But, yep. You know, do you have an example of how you've used it or how you've seen it? Yeah, it's interesting because I guess sales and marketing, when you lump those two together, people get that, oh, I'm being sold to. And they get like creeped out. But meanwhile, they'll buy whatever that shows up on an infomercial in the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. It's conflicting in their heads. And I think when I look at bad marketing. Let's start there real quick. When I see people manipulate the words, the the process to elicit a sale, just a sale, like it doesn't even matter if it's providing value. I just see them pushing a sale, right? Mm-hmm. It always bugs me. It always has bugged me. And once I started learning about it, it really bugs me because when I know people and you know, I'm not going to mention names, but then when I know people that I've met that are actually doing it, I'm like, Oh man, really? 
it's like, uh, all right, well, hopefully the product is what you're saying, but you're really putting a lot of stuff in here that I would lump into, not necessarily a scam, but you're lumping into making them make a decision based on not what they necessarily need, but making it something that's just primal and it's just turning on those things. So I hate that bad marketing. So mm-hmm. that's over with, right? Let's talk about the good. That was the question. So the good stuff that I like, <clears throat> and it's really that feel good thing where there's nothing to sell. It's creating community. And that's what I love about social media. Um, I'm an old school type guy. Like you want to pick up the phone and talk to me? Yeah, let's do that. I would rather do that than go back and forth via text, back and forth via email. Let's get it done in 15 minutes, 20 minutes. People think that 30 second email that they fire off it's going to save them the 15 minute phone call. I think the opposite oh, way. Yeah. You, want to, you want to grab a cup of coffee? You want me to fly out to California and meet with you that what I'm doing in a couple of weeks here? Yeah, let's do that. You know, <clears throat> I'd rather much rather do that and hang out, you know, with, um, you know, hang out with, uh, with the person and create that. So when I see people doing that via their marketing, I think that's awesome. Doing short little videos, just saying, um, Going back to video, man, you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it makes it human. And I think showing the human side of the business is important in the human side of of what people are doing. It doesn't matter their the the business they're in. It's just like let me show you this piece. I think um, whether you like them or hate them, Gary Vaynerchuk has done a great job of just showing what he's all about. Whether you agree with it, whether you like it, whether you don't, that's not the point. But he's also just talking about it from the heart and it comes off sometimes as great and sometimes it comes off as pure crap, but it's real, (laughs) right? But you know what? It's real. And sometimes I'll watch it and I'll be like, oh man, that was awful, but that was so real. I'm like, okay. And then he'll drop something in like a 30 second thing and it's just like, this is why I do it. And then you're like, you watch it and you're like, wow, that had nothing to do with any of his business or anything. And it's just him sharing something. And I think that's the best marketing. And I think you're going to see the people that do that succeed. And I think you can do it outside. I know you can do it outside of the internet as well. It's the phone calls. It's the the handwritten notes and doing that. I'm seeing a lot of that come back. Yep. And it's feel-good marketing. And those feelings you know, elicit a retention in your clients, elicit a retention potentially in future clients and makes you seem like a real person. And I think that authenticity makes it real. And it not only um, does that, it makes it good marketing. So that's my take on it, a long-winded answer. But No, I love it. I love it. And you know, one of the big things for me too is I feel everyone should learn marketing so they don't get marketed to but Absolutely. also so they can change the world. Cause there's, I think there's a lot of people that feel ineffectual and we're going to go a little over time, but I, 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 cause we were talking about it before where that feel ineffectual. And the reason they feel ineffectual is because they say words and the words don't elicit responses in people except for anger and they, mm-hmm. they don't know how to change the world. But if you know those tactics, if you know how to make someone change their mind, marketing can, you know, if you want, even if you don't, you're not selling anything, if you don't have a business, but you want to change the way people think about a political situation, yeah. And, and, you know, <clears throat> talking on some of the stuff that we talked about before we jumped on the podcast is I see a lot of twisted marketing 
in the world, but it's not coming from businesses. It's coming from your government. It's coming from your politicians. It's coming from the TV shows you watch. It's coming from the CNNs, the Fox News, mm-hmm. the mainstream media. Um, not to just call it mainstream to be like, oh, you know, it, it, you know, disconnect from that. But once you know the marketing pieces, you can't watch CNN because it'll drive you insane. I can't watch a, I can't watch a second of Fox. I can't watch a second of CNN. I'll turn it on and I can, I know what's coming next. And it's scary because if I know what's coming next from a marketing standpoint, but somebody who's not educated, like you said, um, in that they're going to be like just totally sucked into it. And whether it's good, bad or indifferent of the news story, they're just totally into it. Um, I watch this stuff on, uh, the Zika virus, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is this, an ad? I'm like, literally, I'm like, it's written like an ad. It's written totally to elicit a response, but totally not to educate you on potentially whatever it might be, but it's written to scare you. <laughs> and the oh, words yeah. they use is written to scare you. It's not written to educate. It's not written to say that this is something that you need to know about. It's written to scare And once you know that, and like you said, if you learn the marketing tactics, you can cut through some of that BS. But at the same time, you can use it for good, which I think is way better than using it the way a lot of people use it. Yes. So it's awesome. So everyone out there, learn marketing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Marty, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, Absolutely, you, man. And if you guys want to learn more about Bad Rhino, how do we learn more about Bad Rhino? Very simple, badrhinoinc.com, so B-A-D-R-H-I-N-O-I-N-C.com, and just like every other podcast, if you want to reach me directly, just mention the podcast in the subject line and uh, shoot me an email at marty at badrhinoinc. I will definitely get back to you and or your audience. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Marty, thanks for being on. As always, it's been a fantastic time. Awesome. I'm glad to be on the show. And everyone, thank you for uh, listening to the Garlic Marketing Show, formerly the Dial of Inbound, but that was a bad, bad idea that I fell in love with. Uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. But uh, thank you so much for taking Marty and I on your journey and uh, keep telling those stories. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>